This is episode 89 with Christian Martineau. G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on Your Impactful Journey. that I get connected with legends like Christian Martineau that you're about to hear from. I'm absolutely buzzing again like I am after many of the podcast interviews that I do. And this time it was because hearing Christian speak was like he was singing from my exact song sheet in regards to human behavior. It was very similar to the experience when I was speaking with Jamin Heppel from Mountains and Marathons in a previous episode. And guess what? It was actually Jamin that connected me with Christian. So if you haven't heard that episode with Jamin and you have no idea what I'm talking about, check it out after this one. It's episode number 67. So Christian Martineau is the founder of The Timekeeper. The Timekeeper is a mindful company on a mission to help people be present and intentional with their time to lead more empowered lives. They sell beautiful watches, but it's so much more than that. As it says on Christian's LinkedIn page, each minimalist timepiece is designed to act as an everyday reminder to slow down and be in the present. When you purchase a watch, 100% of the profits from every sale are donated to our impact partners to improve youth access to mental well-being programs. Together with our customers, we are starting a conversation about youth mental health to break down stigma and encourage people to give their time to support those around them. It's a beautiful concept and we dive deep into that in this conversation. It's really cool. Christian, like me, is a human behavior junkie. He's not just a consumer of the knowledge. He's a man that takes action. In this episode, we discuss what time actually is, how his health battles allowed him to learn more about himself and take him on the human behavior learning journey, why presence and mindfulness are the best skills humans possess, how timepieces are creating positive conversations around youth mental health, how you can start to discover more purpose and more impactful missions in your life, and much more around what it's like to experience life from the perspective of understanding your emotional intelligence at a deeper level. Before we hear from this legend, I thought I'd just have a little chat to you guys, just to let you know what I've been up to. I'm not actually sure if this is something you're interested to hear before an episode or not, so if you're not tuning in to hear what I've been up to, that's fine. Christian will enlighten you shortly. I'm not going to tell you everything I've been up to, I just thought, Every now and again, I'd share one or two things that I've been up to. So what I've been up to recently, I spent a week in Sydney and it was, (laughs) well, it was an interesting up and down trip. So I went there and I ran a, one of my half day workshops. I run 
health and well-being workshops and I in in different organizations and groups and workplaces and I ran one there and it was really good and brought in some of the gut brain connection did a lot around mental strength mental resiliency emotional intelligence I love doing those ones I I really enjoy it when an organization reaches out and says hey we need to do something for our staff around personal and professional development. We don't really know what it looks like, but we've heard that you can do it. Sweet. And I step in there because that's that to me is proactive approach from an organization. So I really enjoy doing those ones and often get some really big aha moments and some big paradigm shifts with the people in there. So that was really good. And then I got to catch up with some family and friends there and spend some quality time. It was when I was in Sydney there that I caught up with Osher Ginsberg and did the podcast with him. And if you haven't listened to that on the previous episode, go back and check that out. That was amazing. And then, as I mentioned in that podcast too, the reason I was in Sydney is for that week is for court, for my grandparents' case. And I won't go into detail in this episode, but you know, that was... They're long, draining days in and out of the courtroom, listening to everything that, that happened and, and all the crap that goes along with it and the, the so-called justice system. You know, it was dampening, sad mood to be dragged through it all again and then left with no decision. So we'll hear something soon um, around the decisions of what that case was actually about. So that sort of brought things down. But then we had family from all around the country and my brother came in from Canada and my sister from Perth and aunties and uncles and things like that. So after that, we made the most of it and we had quality family time, which was amazing. And then, talk about an up and down trip. Uh, we were walking home from dinner on the final night and mum had a little slip and that little slip turned into a compound fracture of the leg and fell to the ground and was in pain and agony and my dad caught her and we slowly lowered her down and she was on the ground in a lot of pain with this fractured knee and I tell you what it's hard to see your mum in that much pain and and especially with everything she's been dragged through with the reason we're in Sydney with court and over the last four years we were there to support her and you know, we ended up in emergency until 3 a.m. and mum stayed in hospital and ended up getting surgery the next day. And, you know, I called. I had to come back to the Gold Coast and and my brother and dad and sister stayed with mum. And, you know, I'm looking after her for a couple of days now. But we, I called mum and after the surgery. I said, how are you doing, mum? How did it go? And she said, you know what, Brett? I'm just extremely grateful that I still have my leg and that I will be able to walk again. It'll be a long time, but I'm grateful. She said, I, I can't stop thinking about your friends that have lost their limbs or uh, in wheelchairs after accidents and you know spinal cord injuries and things like that. She said, I'm extremely grateful for what I've got. And I, I was so proud of mum to come at that perception because it's easy for me to think that. It's easy for other people to think that. But I, the reason I wanted to bring that up with you guys is because that's not a comparison perspective. I've had people say to me sometimes, oh, you know, I know there's people in worse situations, but I even feel bad about thinking about that. And I say, well, that's because you're thinking about it wrong. You don't think about people and think, oh, there's people in worse situations, I'm doing all right. You think about, well, hang on, there's people who have been through tougher times and have actually come out better for it and stronger. So I can take inspiration 
and encouragement from that and know that, wow, if people can get through way tougher things than this, and then of course I can get through it. So you're not comparing it and saying someone's in a worse situation. You're just looking at it from a place of, from a perception of drawing strength and courage and confidence that you can get through whatever it is that you need to get through. So I just thought I'd bring that up to show that perspective because it does come up a lot with people. So mum's doing good. It'll be a long recovery, but she's doing good. Anyway, that's what I've been up to recently, just a little bit about that. So I just thought every now and again in an episode, I'll share a bit about uh, my life and, and what's going on because as with this podcast, you learn a lot from stories and people talking. So this may or may not be something you want to hear. Just let me know. More than open for your feedback. Okay, so just a quick reminder too, for anyone living in Australia listening to this podcast, we have the Impact event coming up on October 20th on the Gold Coast. So we had the Impact journey already kick off, which is awesome, and we've had some guests and participants in that already making some great breakthroughs, utilizing the tools and the strategies that we've uh, taught them. But the Impact event You don't have to have done the impact journey. You don't have to have done any of the mental strength training. It's just a one or a half day event with some presentations from some industry leaders uh, for you to come along and learn and mingle with other people with the similar mindsets on similar learning paths. So this is the one you'll find it all on the website, on our social media. This is the one where we've got Nam Baldwin, world-renowned performance coach, teaching us about self-leadership. We've got... The eclectic, the outgoing, the amazingly energetic Amber Hawken, mindfulness expert, teaching us about self-mastery through mindfulness. We've got functional medicine practitioner, Carl Hewen, teaching us about gut health and the gut-brain connection. I'll be teaching more around coherence, uh, breathing techniques, and around emotional intelligence. We'll have some really delicious food and delicious, nutritious food and drinks aligned with the gut health aspect and really just open, honest conversations to help each other in that regard. So if that's something that sounds interesting to you, we still have our early bird special at the moment of this recording. So jump onto the website and check it all out. We've got people driving and flying in for it. It's it's a great opportunity for you to hear from and mingle with some of these industry leaders. So jump onto yourlifeofimpact.com forward slash events and check it all out there. And as always, just reach out with an email or on social media if you have any questions at all. Please feel free. Now, just before we dive into this episode, I'll read a quick iTunes review And as always, I'm extremely grateful for everyone who makes the time and effort to write these reviews and give the five-star ratings. This one is titled, Helps Professional Athletes. It says, I'm a professional athlete and this podcast echoes the clarity and practicality intertwined with juicy philosophy that I love from Dr. Michael Gervais' Finding Mastery podcast. Excellent introduction to the speakers and stays on track with the subject sorry, excellent introduction to the speakers and stays on track with the subject matter in a conversational and well-presented manner. And that's from Brody May from Australia or Brody Mai. Well, thanks Brody. That's awesome. And I tell you what, for you to actually compare 
the Your Life of Impact podcast with Dr. Michael Gervais finding mastery. That's a that's a real tick of approval right there, and I'm extremely proud that at least one of you uh, are making that connection. Thank you. As you know, Dr. Michael Gervais was on this podcast, and he is an absolute genius in this human behavioral space, and I, I still take a lot from him. So thank you for that, and thanks for taking that time and effort. You know, it's interesting to get that review, actually. I'm just thinking about that because, you know, I've helped, been helping professional athletes my whole career. That's what it, I, I was an athlete myself. I worked as a performance therapist in high performance sport and a high performance coach for my whole career before 12 months ago. So to know that I'm still helping professional athletes through the podcasting platform is brilliant because I still help professional athletes now as a physical coach, working with uh, surfers and swimmers and um, still some track and field athletes. So it's great to, to get that through the podcasting platform too so thank you again Brody okay now it's time to hear from Christian so Christian the timekeeper tell me mate what is time what is time great great question to start with <laughs> well you know this is this is really my approach or philosophy to it but I I really see it as just a made-up concept, you know, and from the early days, you know, it was really around, you know, the waves, the stars, you know, the sun setting, the sun rising, and then as we've kind of progressed to where we are today, we've made it a, a human concept to really structure our lives around, you know, and the thing I see about it is our relationship to time is a fascinating one. You know, we, we have the months, the days, the hours, the seconds, the minutes. And I think a lot of us are in a relationship with time where we have a scarcity of it. But in actual fact, you know, it's all made up and there's only ever now. Like that moment of now, now, now is only ever happening. But the common thing I hear is people go, I'm busy or I don't have time for that. Or how can I get more time? And, you know, there's, there's the philosophy or the psychology of it. And then there's also the practical element of it in terms of how we manage our time and, and prioritize our things. Well, time is all we have, right? Like, that's what I'm hearing you say. And that's, I love that because I teach people how to be and to be present with where and when they are. Because often, like you just said there, people complain about not having enough time with their kids or with their partners, with their loved ones. But when you look at how much time they are with them, but then they're actually not present, it's no mm. wonder that they feel like they don't have time. So they're, they're thinking about work or thinking about their to-do list or consumed by social media or other distractions. So instead of having time with them, they're kind of just having time around them. Yeah. And I think a big part of that as well is, you know, we have this common thing as humans to avoid responsibility and therefore blame time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I don't have enough time or I can't do this or I can't do that rather than go, I made a choice to do spend my time doing this or thinking about this and not doing that and then blaming time rather than having a mirror up to ourselves and going, 
actually, this is how I chose to spend it. Brilliant. And that's why I link everything back to values too. So, if people are choosing to spend time on things that aren't in alignment with their values, on things that aren't necessarily taking them towards their goals and visions and allowing them to be the best versions of themselves and then like you said, they blame it on time but we as humans need to take full responsibility of our of our thoughts, our feelings and our actions. That's it. You know, I, my, I personally went through that journey myself to discover exactly what you're talking about there. You know, I lived a life just kind of going through the motions and it was only until I, I was physically sick that I actually kind of had a reset and got a check-in on my values, you know, and actually thought for the first time, what do I actually care about? Brilliant. Now, before we dive in deeper around that, and I'm really keen to unpack it and learn more about your time on this planet, I just want to say... Christian Martineau, welcome to Your Life of Impact. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm excited to, to be here, Brett, and have a chat with you. Now, we've been connected through a former podcast guest and the legend himself from Mountains and Marathons now, Jamin Heppel, and I'm super grateful he made that connection because since he did and learning about your philosophies and actions and what you've created... I knew you'd be the genuine, authentic legend making a great impact in this world that would provide an abundance of value for my community and myself. So thank you again for making the time, mate. Thank you very much, Brett. Appreciate it. So we've talked about what time means to you and you founded a mindful company called The Timekeeper. So what is The Timekeeper and where did that concept come from? Yeah, so... I guess I'll start with the uh, where did it come from uh, and then how it got today. So I studied commerce at uni for six years. So I was very much, you know, business background, accounting and finance. And it was only, you know, I, I, very ambitious. So I did everything I could at uni, internships, consulting competitions, you know, society stuff, traveled, did exchange, everything I could do. And it was only in my last semester of of honors. I really wanted to be an entrepreneur and, and work for myself for freedom. That was kind of the idea I had there. So the timekeeper very much started off as a self-interested thing of, you know, here's an opportunistic way to, to get into watches. And what ended up happening was in my last semester of honors, I got a rash that formed on my body and it kept spreading. And I was pretty confronted by that because type A, ambitious, like to be in control. There was this thing kind of spreading over my body and I felt fine, but I looked down and, you know, it was kind of going everywhere. Shortly after that as well, I started to lose my eyesight and I also had some kind of fatigue. So waking up every day and just feeling terrible. And all of the body signs were pointing to something and that was the for the first time in my life it actually had me kind of stop in my tracks. I couldn't really function properly. And so I started to discover mindfulness and yoga. I got a health coach. I really turned all my ambition that direction. So I experimented with diets, herbs. I got blood tests. I challenged the doctor. I spoke to friends who studied medicine, read books, listened to podcasts about psychology, philosophy, sociology, and then started to immerse myself in these kind of immersive experience, like really connecting with people deeply. And so as I was doing this, you know, the timekeeper really just became a manifestation of, of my experience. And the thing that I really took away from that was time is precious. Like I began to reflect and while university was 
great. You know, I got a lot of accolades, achievements. I realized that I was sick for up to three months of each year with sinus infections. And I just thought it was normal life. Like the doctor just said, you have a poor immune system. Here's some antibiotics. You know, I injured my back twice, pulled my hamstring, injured both Achilles. And the physio said, just don't run and here's some exercises. And I really just thought that was how my life was. But through that experience, I completely shifted and transformed how I, you know, relate to my body and as well as my mindsets, the behaviors, the thoughts. And so that time is precious thing is, you know, the, the straight commerce kid, you could say, I started to become so passionate about people getting connected to their values because I hadn't been connected and living the life they want to live. And also, you know, with the time they've, you know, we've got, you know, when health is not great, it's, it's pretty more challenging. But I, I began to see a lot of people suffering or struggling with mental health or not doing what they love and kind of just rationalizing it. And so the timekeeper, the message behind it is really about time is precious. You know, we've got the present moment. We've got time to, to live in our life, to do what we love. And so the watch is really just a physical representation or reminder. And then, you know, as a company, we donate 100% of profits to support youth mental health. So to reinvest that back into to young people, enjoying their time. And that's really what the company is about. And your mission with the company is that you want to help people be present and intentional with their time and lead more empowered lives. What does an empowered life mean to you, for you to teach someone to live an empowered life? Yeah, well, I mean, it's not, it's not for me to teach people to live an empowered life, but, you know, when I've seen people, like for myself, I'll speak for myself, you know, I had a lot of achievements, a lot of successes, a lot of, did a lot of things, but the thing was I was almost trapped by the ambition that I would always focus on here's an achievement, what's next? And I never actually enjoyed the process. So that whole present moment thing for me is about being in an empowered life. You know, when we're present with our family, when we're present in nature, when we're present, you know, it's like we're almost, you can just experience the full sounds of life, the tastes, you know, observe our thoughts and not get caught up in them and get stressed and anxious. That for me is almost the full experience of life. And I didn't tap into that until I was, you know, in my early 20s and so for me an empowered life is one where we are present because I know what it's like not to be present it's just constantly consumed by task onto achievement and then it's like there's an emptiness at the end of the achievement so onto the next achievement onto the next achievement and the times where I felt most blissful at peace are really those times where you know in particular in nature where you're just listening or you're with people you're really looking at someone, listening to what they're saying. And then the whole part about being intentional is a big part of our lives, I believe, is actually just we're influenced and guided by social conditioning. So, for example, for myself, I studied commerce because, you know, for my mum, she, she grew up in a time that was pretty tough and, you know, money was super important. They were, you know, nearly on the street. And so she drilled that concept into me. And so I studied commerce really because I money was security and importance to me. And then I wanted to be a consultant or investment banker because all the people around me at uni wanted to be a consultant or banker. I did an internship. Why? Because people did an internship. But I never actually got to think for myself, what do I actually care about and want to do? And when I got connected to that, you know, there's like an almost an aliveness or excitement to life that I hadn't felt before just going through the motions. And so that for me is empowerment. 
people. It's not for me to tell someone what to do or how they're going to do it, but just have people be aware of being present and getting connected to what they care about. This is brilliant because what you've done there is you've challenged your belief systems and that's what a big part of what I try to teach people is that we have pretty solid belief systems and like you said, the, you, you, yours were created from your family environment, your uni environment, the, the trajectory that was kind of looking like it was mapped out for you and then you have not just accepted those as, sorry, you haven't just accepted them throughout time, you've, also, you've sat back and actually challenged those belief systems and not believed it, that they are rigid and that they can't be changed. So you mentioned there that, you know, you, you, you tap back into presence and this empowerment, but what actually led you to take that path instead of just taking the, the Western medicine approach of the antibiotics and the doctor's advice and the just don't run? What made you yeah. look laterally and functionally? Well, look, for me, I wasn't listening to the signals, you know, of my body. I really wasn't, you know. I ate super fast. I just kept injuring myself, kept getting sick. And... It was actually me being forced to because I was having some kind of fatigue and I was getting confronted by what was going on. And so that was like, wait, enough's enough. You know, I've actually got to look for a way out of this. And so I was forced into that. And this is really a message I'm, you know, the aim is to get across with the timekeeper is I see a lot of people forced into it to challenge their beliefs or take a different path when they get sick. You know, when they get cancer, they go through a near-death experience a loved one dies. It's almost like a reset. And, you know, my mission is really how to have people have a reset or get connected to themselves without having to get sick or get cancer or have a loved one pass away. You know, how can we touch into, you know, that heartfelt emotional experience and perspective and have people get connected without having to go through the real struggle. You know, it's funny, I completely support that. And I say it in the way that I say to people, don't wait for the big tsunami in your life to try and find ways to live optimally and healthy and create these helpful habits and everything that you're talking about, like presence and human connection. Don't wait for that big challenge in your life before you reach out for that kind of thing. Be proactive yeah. and do it now and, and in a in an empowering type way where you, you're making choices on a regular basis that are in alignment. It doesn't have to be a big shift. But, you know, it's funny, mate, and I'd like to ask you this because that's one push that I go with but then also I realise, you know what, reality of human behaviour is that some people won't really grasp that. And so on the other hand, so I'll still push that message, but on the other hand, I know that with the skills that I have and with, I believe, part of my mission and my purpose is actually to be there for when people do have that adversity, that when they do have that tsunami in their life and then they do need someone with the, I'm not a shoulder to cry on, I never will be. Um, I'm compassionate and empathetic, but sorry, I shouldn't say I never will be, but I am for family and friends, obviously, but not in a way of, you know, we're not trying to allow people to stay in victim mentality. There's obviously grieving periods that people need to go through if it's, if it is that tough. But, you know, I guess what I'm trying to get from your point of view is how has your experience been on this mission to try and take that proactive approach with people? Yeah, so, I mean, I'll, I'll speak it from, a, from a, a few different lenses, you know. I'll, I'll provide a little bit more contextual understanding. So, I, you know, in my uni, I, I also taught at university for, for a few years and so really got connected to students and, 
and actually they were just really there to rote learn and get the script. And then, you know, I spent time in the startup space and really saw in particular on the real strong startup space, people just really trying to, you know, chase money and then getting connected to their business because like they had to. And then the not-for-profit space, it was really people that didn't have much money, but they just wanted to make a difference. And then, you know, I spent some time, you know, strategy consulting corporate and I got connected to some people that really enjoyed the work and then some people that didn't, but kind of rationalized themselves in. And so for me on my kind of, you could say my mission is, you know, I'm, I'm wary of projecting my beliefs and thoughts onto others, but also just being being a different perspective in different spaces. And so, you know, the timekeeper for me, I'll give you an example. It's like some people have messaged me that they've been around the timekeeper and they're like, oh, you know, I got on, I got on the train the other day and I was... I saw this mother looking stressed and tired with her three kids and this man gets on and starts talking to the kids just really kindly. And in that moment, I just, like, I had all these stresses and worries about, you know, what was happening in my life. They just disappeared and I just looked at this and I was like, wow, what a beautiful moment. And what, what kindness. And all my worries became just insignificant. You know, another person messaged me from Mykonos in Greece and was, you know, staring out over the water and then looking at a couple kissing outside of a milk bar and he just went, wow, I've been so caught up, you know, in university and concerns about my future and worries. And in that moment perspective, like it just became insignificant. And so that's, you know, that's almost, you know, it's being around that message or that voice or that way of thinking or a different perspective. And over time, it's almost like it clicks for somebody in their own time, you know, or they have to be open to it. You know, so another example is I'm I'm a I'm an introduction leader for a personal development program called Landmark, and that for people, me having conversations in that context with people, there's some people that are just not open to it. There's almost like a stigma around personal development. You know, it's like I've got I don't have problems. You know, I don't want to I don't need to develop myself. Or some people super open to it, and then they almost just have a complete shift of mindset when they go through a program like that. And the way they see life has, has completely transformed out of story and victimhood into like, wow, you know, that's just a thought and that's reality. So, and then me doing the work with, you know, young, young people in schools as well, super important because I think school, the school zone is almost just survival. It's almost like a battleground, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you're getting at there too is that people like yourself and I on that, with that mission to as a proactive approach to encourage people to take the proactive approach. It's also, like you said, people need to be open to it. So they hear different conversations. They become aware of what's possible and not just what's probable. They become aware of their options and that's what, you know, more exposure, hear it again, hear it again, be exposed to it in different ways, relate to it from different angles and that's what can cause and allow that openness. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Mate, you donate, you said it before, you donate 100% of the profits from every timepiece sold to your impact partners, uh, which is to improve youth access to mental well-being programs to help start the conversation about youth mental health and help break the stigma around mental health. Why is this space of youth mental health a passion of yours? Yeah, so, I mean, when I first started the time, people, I was donating profits to, to education and to and really around the area of youth homelessness. And it was only actually after I went through an accelerator program with YGAP 
that. And the team there got me connected. They're like, Christian, actually, why? You know, you're just being altruistic, but what you actually really care about is human behavior and mental health. So, you know, it didn't even click for me at first. And, you know, why I can say I'm passionate around that is because there's people in my immediate family that have experienced mental health challenges for a lot of their life. And so I've, I've seen how that kind of plays out and the impact of that. And, you know, I've, I've been impacted by that too. And the personal experience I had around, you know, I just thought benefits and costs, like a, a commerce student, you know, that was my reality, rational. And then to have this complete different experience where just absolute connection, presence, my, like, thoughts went out of victimhood into kind of creation, it was just mind-blowing to me because I'd never been taught that. I didn't even know that was possible. And so for me, you know, when I was corporate consulting, I, I just found no meaning in being on an Excel spreadsheet and PowerPoint and, and doing things around profitability and numbers anymore. And what I'm just so, so drawn to is, is human behavior because the way I kind of, my philosophy to it is we're actually, we're actually all the same. As much as we are different, you know, we've got a brain, we've got a heart, you know, we breathe air, we eat food. And what I'm really connected to is like when we get connected to ourselves as well as get some kind of understanding around how we act as humans, you know, the things that really frustrate me in the world is, is people being in victimhood or not being able to create their life is conflict, people not being able to deal with conflict in their family or, you know, worst case, we get war and terrorism and, you know, lots of arguments like in politics and different places, you know, corporate institutions, people not standing up for humans or what they believe in because of fear, like lots of fear spreads throughout, you know, the media, social media. And so I get really connected to that. It's almost like I make that my crisis and I see a solution to really most of the problems in the world, starting off with the individual. You know, it's most of the, the problems, if, if we just come from a methodology of there are no problems in the world, the world is the way it is. And then we create a crisis. It's like, well, all those problems are there and created because we created them as humans. And so we also have the ability to, to create solutions. So, you know, I care about the environment and lots of other things, but I actually believe the solution lies not with, it actually lies with the human behavior because we can change the systems and the institutions and that, but if the human behavior is still the same, it makes no difference. So that's what gets me really connected to mental health. I'm with you 100% of the way there. That's my mission. That's my purpose. That's why I do this podcast. All my coaching, all my programs is all around that to allow people to understand human behavior at the deepest level and understand themselves and how much uh, power and control over their reality they actually have now you mentioned there before about when you were sitting in corporate world and you didn't really find you had much purpose and now you sound like you're very very purpose driven what what would you say to people who are in the position that you were in so can you sort of take yourself back to that time and understand that a lot of people might actually be in jobs that they don't feel like or businesses that they've started and just feel snowed under, they might feel like they don't really have purpose. What's your advice to people in that position? Or or if you don't like to give advice, what's your thoughts around ways that people can explore purpose or value? 
Yeah. So, you know, speaking from my own self and journey, right, you know, when I was working in corporate, you know, an advisor said to me, Christian, you need to leave, you're losing your confidence. And I, I knew that, right? But me knowing that made no difference. I didn't quit. And it was only because I did a personal development course I discovered wow, how deep my fear mindset was and fear of rejection. Like I have to be here for a certain amount of time. I need to make a certain amount of money. And so it really was that shift and also getting connected to people around me. I got connected to, wow, I actually have a skill and ability that could really help people and I'm wasting it. Like I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my skill, right? And I saw that as like wasting my life. And I looked at people that are really suffering or struggling and I almost, you know, I looked at the kind of work I was doing and it really had no purpose for me. And so, and then, you know, it was just easy for me to actually, to really take that next step and, and, and leave. And so, you know, I, a lot of people I talk to and, and see they're in things that they don't enjoy and they know it and I can see it and their experience of life is impacted by it. You know, they're not happy. They're not excited in life. They've lost who they are. They're just going through the motions. I think the biggest thing for people to overcome in that that space is fear because typically they're hanging on to something which is like I, I need to make this income for my family in the future you know a lot of it's about family or you know I need to be here I don't know what I want to do I actually got no idea and so if I was to make any you know recommendation I think for me is one awareness is great but actually awareness with action and so for anyone it takes moving we all have fear but it actually means taking an action that would have them get closer to whether it's discovering more about themselves or taking an action to set some financial thing up so that they can actually, you know, take a step to leave and set something up or take an action to look for a new job or take an action to speak to someone they know that could help them. It's the awareness into action that's the important and the action will only come after pushing through that fear and observing, well, the fear is always going to be there, but your life's not, you know, talking, coming out message of time again, spend another five years, 10 years doing this and you go deeper and deeper in the rabbit hole and then, you know, retire and one day look back. My life was good, you know, it was good, but I never did what I really wanted. Brilliant. And I like that how you say, you know, it's not just people have to just throw, throw their hat in and quit their job and then hope for the best it's like you said take action start to reach out and find out well what are you curious about what are things what are your skills how can they be served in other areas is it time on the weekends that you're doing some time with other places to get a real feel for what you might want to do but just understanding you know there's real true value that every single one of us can be adding to help other organizations or other people in need and like what your language is around exactly like mine and helping make more of an impact yeah yeah and i think of you know one of those big actions you pointed as is like i can't see myself in objective reality right? I'm blind to myself. I got blind spots, you know, and just talking to somebody else can sometimes shift a perspective or create a whole new, you know, level of possibilities that I couldn't see beforehand. And so that's one of the great actions is to actually just be able to talk to people about it. And I don't think we, you know, sometimes we, we just don't do that. We kind of consume it or leave it think through everything in our own head but really that's just a a forest of thoughts 
that aren't necessarily an objective reality. Absolutely. And it's a it's a busy, busy forest. There's a lot of thoughts that go through that mind that we don't put in there. It's a, it, it, the good old human mind challenges us in that space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, just going back to the timekeeper, and you donate 100% of the profits to the areas in need, and I think that's freaking brilliant, and I applaud you for doing this. But I'm just curious from a business perspective, Yeah. tell us a little bit more about that system, but then also how do you make money to keep this well-needed and brilliant mindful company going without you burning out? Because you're not a charity or a non-profit either, are you? Well, it's, uh, this is a great time to ask the question because I'm actually exploring this again strategically and philosophically. So, you know, I very much started this off as very altruistic, right? And so how it works is in certain period, like at the end of a period, we, we donate profits, right? And the challenge that has though on the company then is, you know, so the profits is after we've paid for whatever operating expenses are needed, right? But the challenge with that is us donating profits means we have less to be able to grow the business, and then as a business, we're competing against other companies, which have therefore greater marketing budgets and, and whatnot. So I'm actually not paying myself and I haven't paid myself. And that's something that I, I need to look at too to be sustainable in the future. So currently the, com- the company's sitting in almost like no man's land. It's you know not a not-for-profit and it's not a pure for-profit company. It's a proprietary limited and it's got a social mission lock in the constitution which dictates that all proceeds, you know, go towards the cause, but it doesn't allow us necessarily the benefits of, you know, all the access to grants because it's not technically a not-for-profit and then it doesn't necessarily allow investors to invest in it because there's no equity incentive. So it's actually one I'm strategically exploring at the moment from from the question of what is the best way to structure this to actually enable it to grow and be sustainable. And I don't think the current structure is actually necessarily the best way. Yeah, and I guess that's what I could see from the outside and wondered that from the inside. I can understand the difficulties there and maybe uh, with all your human behavior skills and your your skills with Landmark and I know you do work with uh, the guys at Man Cave uh, and those kind of skills could be brought into it and potentially be a part of the business in that way. And yeah. I look at we have a part of my company is we actually have a life tees range and we sell those and donate 100% of the profits to charities. So just that arm of it is um, – is the the 100% of profits but then anything else that I do around my coaching and my programs is that's how the company makes money that's how I'm able to fund the podcast and keep providing value and impact mm, wow I'm already possibilities are already coming up as you say that so thanks for sharing yeah. <laughs> well like you just said before right it's that whole thing around have a conversation and see what raises from it that's it that's it and <laughs> I mean I I definitely don't see the timekeeper as just watchers in the future as well so I'm definitely looking for new products and services that can help people one you know be more in the present and two be more intentional with their time as well so I've definitely got some ideas brewing Brilliant. Well, keep me posted. I would love to hear how that grows. After hearing you speak and seeing what you're already doing, I'm sure it will be an amazing product and uh, business model, whatever flourishes from that. Yeah, for sure. On that then, what what is your 
personal visions of life then? So you've, you've sort of established that with Timekeeper, there's some professional challenges and you've got some ideas, but do you have a vision of how you want to live life or do you have goals for personal life where you see yourself in three to five years' time? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, the, the timekeeper is one arm of that. You know, for me, it's like it's really be a presence in the world that has people be present and lead intentional lives. Like really that message of time, how we shift mindsets, that's one element of it. You know, there's a there's another real mission of mine that I'm super passionate about and that is, you know, the stuff we're talking about is I've, you know, done vortexes of thinking and theories of change and going through it and it's how to transform the education system so that every young person gets an education on how their mind works, their emotions, communication strategies, you know, how to create their life. It's, you know, we look at all the challenges today around young people are going to have this many jobs in their lifetime. They're going to need to not just have IQ and EQ, but adaptability quotient is this new term I'm hearing, to the ability to adapt. And, you know, technology is going to take over a lot of things. And so I really believe our school curriculums are outdated in the way we teach and what we teach. And so it's how to really create a new curriculum with, I use the term kind of human wisdom in it, that has every young person, you know, you imagine every young person in the class of 2025 graduate having that education and what difference that would make for their individual lives but also the world. So that's that's definitely something there. And for me personally, it's, you know, stay connected to my values, which is health, being healthy, you know, meaningful relationships with my partner, my family, my, my housemates, my friends, and, and really continue to grow and explore. Sitting inside of, I don't really know much, you know, I can stand inside of that. It's how do I just continuously immerse myself in experiences and meet new people that, you know, will continue this journey for me to just continue learning and, and growing and then be able to share that that wisdom with other people. It sounds like a journey of fulfillment, mate, if you stick with that, and that's exactly what we're here for, I believe. Going back to what you said about the education system, I am with you 110%, and wherever your mind goes, feel free to sing out for a chat because I've been uh, having the, the vortex of thoughts around that space too, and... I can share some podcasts with you of what's happening around the world in those spaces that gets me pretty excited about future generations to learn more about the human mind, which is awesome. And you said there about that adaptability aspect and that's actually quite an old concept really. Like I see it exactly what you're saying and it's raising more, but even the Darwin theory was it's not the strongest to survive, it's the most adaptable. So if we're not teaching people not just the youth but people how to be you know adaptability in that space is the emotional agility on top of the emotional awareness it's the adaptability of handling the the tough times and uh, understanding what your internal environment looks like uh, and and how much control you have over it regardless of your external environment so that adaptability piece it's it's great now that everyone's starting to listen to Darwin, the Darwinian theory in that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you know, I think of myself going to high school and uni and it was only about IQ. You know, the way I thought it is like, okay, however good my grades are, right, is my measure of success. You know, EQ was, wasn't even a thing, you know. So, 
I think we're only starting to really kind of implement that. You know, there's a lot of organisations doing great things. But from my, you know, AQ is an old thing, but it's almost like it's not really talked about or focused on, you know. So it's really the start of that movement in the education system. And I think it's really exciting, actually, you know, what could potentially happen you know, when that really gets embedded inside of the curriculum. Oh, absolutely, definitely. Now, Christian, there's a few questions I ask all my guests on the show. I could chat to you for ages, but uh, I'd love to know from you, what do you believe is good action for people to take to make more of an impact in their lives and the lives of others? Yeah. For me, yeah, as I mentioned before, for me, it starts with the self, like the individual, you know, uh, a big thing for me is we we all want to make impact in the world and change and there's this there's this conversation in society that's all about we need to change and it's you've got to make a social impact make a difference all that and i really think that's actually just because we were born in this time that we're just born into that conversation and i think it starts with the, an individual building up awareness of where the thoughts and patterns and beliefs come from so that we can actually not have an indirect negative impact because a lot of it then is just projection you know i see a lot of stuff happening in the world and it's like we're just projecting our stuff or beliefs onto people or the the anger or the challenges or the things that have happened to us but it's not necessarily what people need you know if we look through the view and so i think starting with the individual building awareness over that to be able to work through any triggers any anger, awareness, understanding where these thoughts and, and things come from is first step so we can actually, we want to make a difference to people, actually make a difference to people that the people are asking for and need rather than our projection of it. Brilliant. Absolutely love it. There's a lot that goes into that, but I think it's a great, great starting point. Now, where can we learn more about you? So what's your social media tags or your website? And then also... How can I and the listeners help you on your journey? Yeah, for sure. I mean, so I'm yeah, I'm on I'm on LinkedIn. My social media handle is is K R I S M O M A R T, so Chris Mart. And and there's obviously the Timekeeper brand, so www.thetimekeeper.co and it's the timekeeper.co on on Instagram and and Facebook. And yeah, in, in terms of my journey, I mean you know, what I want for people is for them to take the action to start exploring more awareness and more of themselves. And so, I, you know, to help me is for anyone listening to this to take one action that would have them discover more about themselves or get more connected to their values, you know, and to help me more directly is, you know, for me, it's, it's purchase a timekeeper watch. And the reason being is, you know, while we go to workshops and read books and have all this understanding, we get caught up in the busyness of life. And so for me, it's to have a physical reminder on our wrists every day, you know, and typically we look at the time because we're in a rush. It's to look at it and go, actually, you know, this is my time. I'm going to be present and I'm going to spend the time doing what I love. And so it's purchase a watch and have a physical reminder. And also, you know, you're supporting a company that invests its profits back into youth mental health. And, and so that's really, you know, the best thing that would really support me in this stage and, and help, you know, spread the word of, of this important message around 
presence, time, and, and the timekeeper. That's absolutely brilliant. I'm going to link all that up into the show notes. For, so for everyone listening, if you just go to the show notes, you will have the direct link to the timekeeper site to be able to check it out and make that purchase and that impact. Now, you mentioned the word there, values, a few times, and I'm just like you, mate. I'm a very values-based driven human, and yeah. giving is one of my top core values, and I give all my guests a gift for coming onto the show and giving their time and value. So you you better than most understand the power of time. So I'm extremely grateful for this. And in the nature of products that donate 100% of profits to charity, I'm giving you one of our charity uh, life teas that I mentioned before. And I'm going to send you the Scotty Reardon grateful tea because that also the 100% of the profits from that one when we sell them, that is those go to uh, Batir, which is the youth mental health organization that Scotty and I are actually both ambassadors for. Amazing. That's great. Thank you so much. And I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to have a chat as well. My absolute pleasure. And you're not bailing out that fast. We're going to ask no. you the fast five yeah. questions in a second. Yeah. And I haven't prepped you for them. But before uh-huh. we do that, is yeah. there anything else you'd like to ask me or say to the listeners? Yeah, I guess, you know, one, one question I have for you is, you know, all of these podcasts that you've, you know, you've, you've done is I imagine you've noticed some kind of trend is what, what's the kind of key thing that you're taking away every time that you do one of these podcasts? You know, what's that common thing that you've learned? Great question. So I guess there's a few common threads, but often – what I feel is that the people who have done the deep work on themselves, they are the ones who have so much clarity in life. They have less questions about, am I doing the right thing? Am I surrounded by the right people? Is my work impactful enough? Uh, What am I spending every day for on this planet? Sorry, the clarity is created by those who spend the time and the effort on understanding themselves at the deepest level. Mm, Yeah, wow. I love that. And you're you're definitely one of those legends, mate, with everything that you've exposed <laughs> to us today. It's definitely seeped through even just in our short time together. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a great a great discovery insight there. And that's kind of the message too that I hope that the listeners and people are listening right now, I hope that they and I know I get feedback from people to to what they what benefit they get out of it so i just hope that that's a resonating message because as you and i know when you do spend more time in that it's not just a reversal like you said of your sickness i've been through massive adversity it's not just a tool to get through that it's a way to navigate every day of your life with that enjoy that joy and happiness and excitement and courage and confidence that we as humans deserve to enjoy every day I love that. Yeah. Cool. All right, mate. So we'll finish it off with the fast five questions. So don't even need to think about it. Just let it roll off the tongue. All right. Sounds good. (laughs) Okay. What's one habit you wish you could change? One habit I wish I could change. Yeah. The habit I wish I could change is is for me, it's definitely top of mind right now. 
is going to to bed at the same time every night. You wish you could go to the bed at the same time every night? Well, it's definitely an intention of mine. Yeah. And then I end up just having too much fun at night. <laughs> what time would it be if you could choose a time? 9 p.m. actually, pretty early. And what time would you bounce up? 5.45. Oh, nice, yes. That's, that's some good hours right there. I was out of bed at 3.50 this morning to go and coach uh, some classes. And I tell you what, I need to be in bed well before that on the nights and I'm up at 3.50 a.m. So I'm hearing you. I think 9, 9 p.m. Is a, is a great time to get to bed if we can. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what makes you feel absolutely pumped and exhilarated and energized? I'll go two, two ways with this. One is being in nature. So in particular, running and, and surfing 100% when I get in the ocean, you know, I'm just incredibly energized. And then the other is, is yeah, really being with people. And, and helping people navigate challenges or discover new possibilities in life. Like when I'm with people and doing that and see a person turn around from real like struggle, lack of confidence into like power and excitement, that's incredible to see. Beautiful. Have you ever washed a dog? I definitely have washed a dog, yep. <laughs> I remember the smell all too well, that kind of wet, soggy dog smell. My, my dog I used to have as a, as a kid called Bella. Help me cross. <laughs> What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? The one that comes to mind right now is let it go. And by let it go, it's like the ability to just almost like surrender and let go to all the control and thoughts and planning and just observe thoughts as thoughts and things as they are and not get attached, you know, to all the different things. So let it go. And before I let you go, what are you most grateful for in your life right now? I just journaled on this last night. It's definitely the people that I'm surrounded by. Like I feel a deep sense of connection. Like, you know, I use the word tribe and just support. I'm just, you know, when I deal with challenges or I'm able to talk to people, just the support I I get, incredibly grateful for that. Christian, you're a legend. You're inspiring all of us to live with intention, presence and awareness Keep shining your mindful and impactful light to the world, my man. Thank you so much, Brett, and and to you too, man. And I I look forward to chatting more about our shared passions as well. Absolutely. We're going to impact the world together. (laughs) That's it. There he is, guys. How good is it to hear from people who have such an optimistic outlook on life and are aligning their purpose for bigger impact in the world? I love it. Make sure you check out the Timekeeper website and Christian's LinkedIn page because there's some great blurbs and perspectives on time that expand more on what we chatted about in this episode that you'll find on the website and on his LinkedIn page. And you can find the links to all that in the show notes to this episode. Also, don't forget we have the Impact event coming up and depending on when you're listening to this episode will depend on what other programs we're offering. Check it all out at yourlifeofimpact.com. And as always, remember, this is your life journey, your life of impact.